0: Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids.
1: Complete tight end is being able to, in the run game, just moving dudes off the spot and then be able to get open in the pass game. Being the complete tight end is something that's very hard to achieve. You know, there's a handful of guys that can do it and they have great success in the NFL. Yeah. The connectivity we have with this team is amazing. I could say I've never had this much fun playing football as I have until this year. Yeah.
0: This Vikings team keeps stacking wins after a 34-26 to victory against the Cardinals on Sunday. This is your Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Tatum Everett alongside Gabe Henderson and our producer Eric Davidson. Our guest this week is tight end Johnny Munt, fresh off his first career regular season touchdown. The Vikings are currently one of three teams in the NFL with one or fewer losses alongside the undefeated Eagles and the opponent in two weeks, the Buffalo Bills. I'm not sure this is what everyone was expecting, but it really does feel dang good, as Kirk would say, I think.
2: Dang good. I like that. Um that is very Kirk-esque.
0: Kirk. <laughs> hey, it's the last day of Kirktober. Last
2: day of Kirktober, so why not leave with a Kirk quote? Love it. Um but the fact we're 6 and 1, um you 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 can't write this up any better for this Minnesota Vikings team. Um it's it's kind of it, it still kind of feels surreal that we're at this point in, in the season, but don't pinch me. I'm still dreaming, and I think this is going to be a continued success for this Minnesota Vikings team this year.
0: Yeah, I think that Kirk put it best today when he said that, and he said said this before, it's not maybe what I expected, but I'll take it. Any day of the week. You know, take it any day of the week. And uh, you could say that Kirk and the rest of the Vikings took the victory from the Cardinals. It was a very emotional up-and-down victory, but it all came down to that final drive like so many of these games do. Uh, That's just the beauty of the NFL
2: there wasn't a moment in yesterday's game or Sunday's game where I thought that we were going to lose the game and it's similar to The Bears game or the Lions game when we were trailing as of late even when the the Cardinals came back It was like we're the the better team here. Kyler Murray was was uh, flustered and uh, looking at that I was like man this this Vikings team is very confident and usually Early on, early in the year, you, you kind of – when you figure out your identity, you don't have the confidence yet. But the fact that we have been winning those close games, you can tell the, t- the, the confidence of this team has has really been boosting as of late.
0: I know. I'm Just being around them, I feel like – you know, we, we joked about the honeymoon period, you know, when we first started the podcast and we got the Green Bay win, right? We were like, when's it going to end? It didn't matter that the Eagles loss happened. These guys are still in such good spirits. And they're, you know, as you'll hear from even Johnny Mutt later on in the podcast, like they're just having a good time and they seem like a very, very close group of guys. And that's always the secret ingredient, I think, when you're looking for a winning organization.
2: I think connectivity was the word that that Johnny Munn mm-hmm. used. And when you, when you look at the word connectivity, you look at everybody just being brothers, being together, chemistry, bond, unity. And that, that those are all key uh, components to being a really good team. And the fact that Johnny is saying that, and he was on a Super Bowl winning team last year, I think it carries a little bit more weight than just, you know, the their average Joe that's on this team. I mean, granted, there are a lot of really good players on this team, so no offense to anybody. But still, like Johnny Munt's name holds a little bit of weight. So hopefully we can continue this momentum and uh, just stay on the right side of these wins.
0: It was a wonderful win on Sunday, and that means we'll just take a quick break to do our 3M play of the week from the field to the roof and everywhere in between 3M the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings is here. Visit vikings.com backslash Skull Science to learn more. The difference in the game, the Vikings with 13 points off three turnovers, the most pivotal being the muffed punt caused by a group of special team studs.
2: Ryan Wright with a non-descript punt, but it is muffed and it is recovered perhaps by Arizona at the 26. Did Greg Dortch just do us a solid? I think he did. Did you do us a solid? Come on, man! Yes! Vikings ball! What are you doing, Greg Dorch? Are you kidding me? Troy Dye comes out of the scrum with the ball. Wow, what a bad decision by Dorch. I mean, fair catch that thing. Just take the ball, and he decides to to be a hero.
0: (laughs) That was your 3M Play of the Week. 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Well, Gabe, it is Halloween. So in the spirit of the holiday, I thought that we could play a little game of trick or treat where you're going to give us one trick, which is something that you think may trip us up down the line. Mm. Not me. we tank, just, you know, something we got to work on mm-hmm. or one treat, something that's delightfully surprised you about this team. Of course,
2: I would start off with the trick. And um, Oh, OK. The, my, my, Jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just me and you today. So I'm like, well, this is the goal and you're up for it. Um, but I, I, my trick was was going to be third down. Uh, I mean, at I third down, my trick was going to be third quarter offense and scoring, but we scored 14 points in the third quarter. That was great uh, this past week, but I, I think right now the the trick is going to be injuries. Um, we we've been very healthy thus far, but our injury report. I think Kevin O'Connell just uh, stated that Dalvin Tomlinson is week to week with a calf injury, and Aerosmith Smith Jr. is week to week with an ankle injury, and. The fact that this Vikings team is still this healthy at this time of the year is very positive. But the fact that we, you know, have those main injuries, it's like hopefully that doesn't become a, a trickle effect uh, just going forward because we we need health. I mean, our backups are really good. Johnny Munt, who uh, technically is the backup tight end, I mean, he scored his first NFL touchdown. Um, uh, James Lynch played really good this past Sunday, so you, you want to keep these guys healthy and. Hopefully, those tricks don't trick us up later in the year.
0: No, I love that you said that. I mean, you see guys like Adam Thielen and Zedarius Smith go down in the game, leave, but then they come back and they're able to continue. And Zedarius, like Jordan Hicks said, just looked like it got better. And so you hope that for everyone down the line because like you said, I think we felt, again, it's kind of been a little, I wouldn't say spoiled, but but this staff has worked really hard to keep these guys healthy and it's really been paying off down the line. What's your trick? My trick is that this five-game win streak has come against teams that are 15 and 24 right now. So let's just, you know, call it for what it is, not the best teams in the league, right? So, like, there are going to be very pivotal moments here down the line. I think we talked about this last week in the podcast where you see teams like the Bills in two weeks are going to be huge. You see... The Jets, who are better than people think they normally have been, although...
2: Cowboys before. Cowboys, Cowboys at, right after Cowboys, the Cowboys,
0: exactly. So so there are going to be a lot more, maybe, stronger tests down the line. But, but you know, to steal from Kyle Brandt this morning on Good Morning Football, which I thoroughly enjoy, he said this is a yes-but team. And that's okay. You continue to to prove that you aren't that team, and people continue to yes-but until you make them... Be quiet.
2: Yeah, Brian McFadden, <laughs> who was on uh, the Friday edition of the yeah. Minnesota Vikings podcast, he said uh, this team is an elbow team.
0: That was a good one too.
2: And it, elbow <laughs> it bends, but it doesn't break, <laughs> and it, that 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 yeah. helps when you're trying to to win games and put yourself in position to be successful uh, in 2023. So. Yeah, but treat. Do we have this treat? Us uh, treat is next.
0: So treat is going to be something that's delightfully surprised to you about this team.
2: Delightfully surprised. That's
0: not the Webster's definition of treat. I just thought that was really nice.
2: I think of nerd clusters when I think of treats and honey buns. Uh, Anyway, speaking (laughs) of Vikings treats, I think the treat this year has just been, or at least this past week, was just the fact that our run game has been working effectively and our run defense has been. Uh, we're working effectively. Uh, we've hold, held teams to less than 100 yards the last three games, and then we have had over 100 yards on offense, rushing yards, to pass three games. So uh, that's been that's been a treat to watch because I mean, like Johnny Munt will say later on in the show, when our offensive run game is rolling, everything else opens up. So the the, the key to any team being successful is running the ball effectively and stopping the run. And the fact that we're doing that, and you know, midway through the season, uh, it's been a treat to watch.
0: I think my treat is going to be something that is not as obvious. I mean, because I think that Zadarius Smith is such a treat because after you were unsure about his health and how he was going to come out, eight and a half sacks in seven games That's is crazy. I, I mean, I, I, I think we could have wanted that. In fact, I think my prediction, I'm going to have to go back to this, may have been 15 sacks between Daniil and Zadarius Combined? Oh, no, it wasn't because they one got 14 and one got 15. So yeah. I think, so anyway.
2: 14 and a half.
0: Tangent, of course, but we're on our way there. I'll go look that up for next show. Uh, So obviously, to me, that's a treat. But I think the real treat has been the lack of penalties. This game wasn't great. But I think after a bye, there is a little bit of rust, And it's hard to get back into your rhythm immediately. So I'm going to chalk it up to that because before that... The Vikings were sitting at number two in the league as the least penalized team. Now, what's interesting is the number one least penalized team are the Rams. So, you know, Kevin O'Connell being a first year head coach, learning from someone like Sean McVay, where his team is pretty clean. You, you never knew what you again, you're not sure what you're going to get with a new head coach. Is it going to be time management problems? Is it going to be an undisciplined team? And really, we haven't seen either of those markers of a first year head coach, which has been a nice treat.
2: Yeah, and some of those penalties that were called last week were debatable. Like we can, we can.
0: I could debate about yeah, three above three we, of them minimum.
2: And we, I mean, we won't get fined for talking bad about the penalty. So <laughs> that's true. That's Patrick true. Peterson, we got your back. Also,
0: like, find me. Like, what are you going to take out of my bank account right now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: at me, at Big J, and MN on Twitter. <laughs> um, it, it's it's it really has been a treat to watch, just seeing how clean these games have been. When you look back to last year, I just keep, I can't get the memory out of my head. Week one, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I think the first quarter of the game, we had like eight penalties. And it's like the fact that I can't get that out of my head and we're not getting any penalties this year, uh, it, it's night and day and it's really fun to watch. And usually it's those teams that that are successful. Like if you run the ball effectively, you're going to be good. If you don't have penalties, you're going to be good. And this Minnesota Vikings team, it's the yes but. But we're not having many penalties, but we're not beating ourselves. And we're
0: not turning the ball over. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of key things in that. And, and as long as you can keep those up down the line, I think this is going to be an exciting team. And and we're equally excited to have Johnny Munt on the podcast for the very first time. Let's welcome him in now. For the first time on MVP, it's Vikings tight end Johnny Munt who recorded his first regular season touchdown in 54 career starts. That must have felt incredibly good.
1: Yeah, it felt terrific. I like to think I do a lot of the dirty work on the offense. Um, That's you know, opening, opening some holes for our running backs and pass protection and whatnot. So to finally get in the end zone, it's a terrific feeling. What was the, the first thought that came to mind when you scored? First thought that came to mind when I scored was just finally. Yeah. I just, yeah, I gave a little point and then. Spike the ball.
0: Was that play designed for you to get it in the end?
1: Yes. Yes, it was. So you
0: kind of knew the moment was going to be there for the taking.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just had to sell the run, be patient with a three count, and then uh, slip into the open area. And, yeah, well-executed play by all 11.
2: I- I- explain the three count for fans who don't know because um, that three count is very key for yes. that play to be successful. So could you explain that?
1: Well, in real time, it's more of a two count, but our coaches know with those kinds of plays – Players tend to speed it up, so they say three count just mm-hmm. to be extra safe. And yeah, so just come off the rock, sell, run, fit your hands, one, two, three, shed, and then Go. get open. And Kirk has to be on the same page too, for sure. Yeah, it takes all eleven. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. and you and you, coach called a timeout before that play, but the refs didn't see it. Did you know that? I am not aware of that. Okay, yeah. I I read it. I read it. You know, and they they he was he, he had called it, but. No one saw him, but that would have been such a travesty, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. <laughs> yeah, he was like uh, half—well, I wouldn't say halfway on the field, but he was—he was almost to the numbers, like trying to call a timeout. And I was like, hold on, what is happening right now? So the fact that that happened, man. Um,
1: congrats. Yeah,
2: congrats. Yeah, but I, f- you, I feel you. like that's—that's that's kind of you know luck. Luck just being on the right side. Yeah, exactly.
1: It just works out.
2: Well, understanding that, you talked about the tight end position, right? You said uh, the tight end usually block, and you, you know, you're know you usually doing some of the dirty work. What makes a complete tight end in the NFL?
1: A complete tight end is being able to move guys off their spot, defenders is what I'm speaking, uh, in the run game, just moving dudes off the spot and then be able to get open in the pass game, uh, and having a good marriage of the run and the pass, and just being the complete tight end is something that's very hard to achieve, but... You know, there's a handful of guys that can do it, and they have great success in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to be a guy that's good at everything, not just one guy that's got one trick.
1: Right. You don't want to be the the one trick pony. Although you can have success with those guys, but um, as tight ends blocking these outside backers, D ends, we're usually outmatched physically. So it really takes great technique uh, to have success in the run game, and then being athletic enough to get open and dice up some DBs and mm-hmm. make contested catches. So it's it's tough, but it feels great when it all works out.
2: The the tight end position is so underrated. And just what you saying that, it's like, you know, you, you're required to go one-on-one with the defensive end sometimes. You have to chip block a defensive end and then go run a route. Then you have to reach a defensive end or go run a route. How, how have you been able to, you know, grow in the midst of the chaos that comes with the tight end position?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of chaos. It's not a perfect game, but you really – fall back on your technique and your training when the bullets start flying. So just trying to get 1% better every day in practice and just elevating my skill set and my bag of tricks that I can pull when needed really really helps a lot down the road. Yeah, it's tough, but, Mm -hmm. you know. I get it. it. It works. It's fun.
0: I read a line about your background and how you loved playing defense because you played both ways in high school. And I was wondering, how were you able to maybe utilize that physicality you learned from playing on the other side of the ball to your current position, you know, as a tight end in the NFL?
1: You know, it really comes down to mindset and just coming off the rock, getting across the line of scrimmage, fitting your hands, being physical, having a base, playing within your framework. I mean... The techniques that outside backers use and that tight ends use in the run game is very similar, as far as striking with tight hands. So there was there was some crossover. So I'm, I took it with me.
2: Man, speaking of your your journey, um, you grew up in California. You went to Oregon, and then you have the opportunity to to play for the the home state team, the LA Rams, and then boom, you get traded to the Minnesota Vikings. So. That transition from being West Coast your entire life to moving to the Midwest where it snowed October 14th of this year. How how has that been for you?
1: It's been great, honestly. Uh, My wife loves it. Okay. We're both really enjoying it. Uh, The people are super kind. Minnesota nice. That term really (laughs) holds true. Our neighbors are awesome. There's no backyard fences in the Midwest, which I'm figuring out. I was like, okay, well. Got to figure out how to keep my dog, (laughs) you know, in the vicinity. (laughs) But it's been great just having the neighbors pop over and say hi. Super friendly, like I said. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it is a slower pace of life compared to L.A. People on the 405 in L.A., it's road rage. It's hectic. It's wild traffic, yada, yada. So I'm really enjoying it over here.
0: I feel like it might be more in pace with how you grew up. Maybe not as slow. I mean, it's, you're not on a farm out here, obviously, but yeah. But being in from a small town and being in that kind of pace of life, does it compare at all?
1: Yeah, it does compare a bit. I mean, I've walked into coffee shops. I've seen my neighbors at the gas station, just kind of that smaller down home feel. Yeah. Um, is something I really did miss, so I'm really appreciating appreciating it here.
0: Yeah, and we we just talked about this before you got in here and started recording, but your your family is deep in walnut harvest season, so they can't be here. Were they able to call you and tell you, you know, congratulations or Facetime or something? Oh yeah, I
1: hopped on Facetime uh, after the game. They were they were super happy. They like watching on the on the uh, TV as well, though. They get to hear the announcers and all that good stuff. So they were they were super stoked. My wife was there. Um, yeah it was a great day.
2: Man speaking of that great day um, it's been a great season this far six and one what stands out to you about you know this locker room and being able to get some of these wins I mean granted you were on a Super Bowl winning team
1: last year. Right yeah um, the connectivity we have with this team is is amazing I could I could say I've never had this much fun playing football as I have until this year Wow. Um, yeah and I it really just hit me a few weeks ago I'm like I'm you know, we're eight weeks into the season, and I'm still having a great time. A lot of a lot of times, the NFL stress builds up, kind of takes a toll on you. But I think our connectivity, our you know, our process, what we do day in day out, is is just working really well. So if we could just keep this rolling, keep guys healthy, uh, we're going to be very successful.
0: What is that process or that connectivity? What's an example of that has made it a difference for you?
1: That's a great question. It's hard to say, but it's just what comes from the top as far as our coaches and staff, uh, just what they're telling us, how they're prepping us, and how they listen to, you know, when we felt these wellness charts of what guys are feeling, yada, yada. They kind of structure practice to where we're going to have guys healthy, ready to play on Sunday, and everyone buys in and trusts the process. knowing You know, we're not giving you guys a day off or, you know, we pop the pads off and do six plays a walkthrough at the end. It's it's not, you know, we're not mentally checking out. We're staying focused staying locked in, and it's been great.
2: Well, what about your your process has grown, uh, I guess, just from, you know, being an undrafted free agent when you were coming out of Oregon? Like, how, how has your process
1: changed? I, I really learned that the little details really go a long way. Um, just taking minor footwork steps before practice, just getting my mind right, um, hopping on the jugs, just any little... Little bit, one little 1% increase that I can steal here or there really, really helped me in the long run. So that's something I'm going to continue to keep on doing. Details.
0: Yeah. It was, I mean, it was really, I'm sure, nice for especially Irv. We've talked about how it's nice to have someone to confide in to who's been in an offense like this before. You were with Wes Phillips for three years in LA. You obviously, Kevin was your <laughs> offensive coordinator. How long did it take for you to see? This that offense be implemented for it to really start clicking? Because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, we're not playing our best football yet. When do you expect to see that happen?
1: It can happen at any moment. I mean, we, we come in like today on Mondays and we watch the film and we see, you know, one block or one little missed hat placement, um, one little timing thing, an extra step or a step too short, you just see those on film and you realize, OK, if I did this one little minute thing different, it would have changed the play. And so if we can get that all all together and all, you know, get all the kinks ironed out, I think we'll be straight. So we're in a good place. I mean, you, you
2: just talked about watching film. I mean, film is I mean, anybody that wants to be good in this league, you got you got to be a film junkie. And we, we've seen this offense shine at certain moments we've seen the defense shine at certain moments special teams but from watching film is there a game or a quarter or a drive that that stands out to you that you can say okay this is when our offense was at its best thus far this year
1: oh that's a great question I don't know if I have a great answer for it (laughs) our wide zone game this past this past week was was awesome Uh, we were stretching the edges Uh, Dalvin was making some great cuts Alex was getting in there pounded the rock um, there's been flashes here and there, but we have yet to really put that complete drive together. But I mean, when you have Justin Jefferson out there, you know you can hit that home run shot at any moment. So it's pretty exciting. How, does
2: what does the outside zone do for this offense when that's when that's clicking? What 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 does that do for
1: everything else? It's the marriage of the run and the pass. Um, we can run our play action keepers off of it. Uh, really, just establishing that good foundation of a good run game early on is so paramount into having success as an offense so yeah we just gotta figure out our, what we do well as an offense and capitalize on that.
0: It was really encouraging I think from our perspective to see so much emphasis you guys talk about or putting some talking about putting so much emphasis on the run game and for the results to happen um, in this game. Um, do you think that's something that will continue to grow or is, or is that exactly what you're looking for?
1: I think we're in a good place. We just gotta figure out What personnel works on certain, you know, down and distances. We're still finding our identity as an offense, but I mean, we see the plays that hit, we see the plays that don't work, and we learn from it, and we just move on.
0: It's really good that you can find your identity when you're six and one and heading into a two-game road swing. So, uh, best of luck this season. Thank you for being here. On the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and uh, we look forward to seeing more touchdowns from you, sir.
1: Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate Thank you, you guys.
0: The Vikings have a two-game road swing ahead, beginning with the Washington Commanders on Sunday. You know, we didn't get a chance to talk to Johnny about that game. We appreciate him for being on, but um, it will be Kirk Cousins' first trip to Washington since starting his NFL career there and spending six seasons, you know, um, he is going to be our game day live interview this week. Nice. Doesn't have much to say about the Washington no. stuff. Shocker. You know, I think he, I think, <laughs> I think the biggest shocker, yeah, shocker. I think the biggest thing was just his memories. And, and I think that just kind of shows like Kirk's not going to be a revengeful guy. He's not like that. But I will say that it's worth a watch because of the way that he talks about the time in Washington and how it shaped him to be ready for the opportunity here. And so that's what I took away the most from that interview.
2: Yeah, that'll be a good watch. And um, understanding that Kirk has only been on two teams um, and he he only has those memories of how he started and where he is now and how he's progressed. That'll be uh, really good to watch. And um, I hate to like throw myself in this, but I started in Washington in 2018, the year that Kirk got to Minnesota. And there were so many different memories or stories of Kirk and how they wanted him to, you know, sign a long-term deal in Washington when I was with the commanders. And the fact that he's con- continues to excel in his career, um, I- I'm only, I mean, I can't be more excited just to watch him just go back and see some familiar faces, but also uh, get get down and dirty and do the work.
0: I mean, if he doesn't come off the field after the game and say, you like that, I just think that that's a huge opportunity missed. I would like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll also like this week is the Audible game. Who we got on?
2: Christian Derisaw, Brian O'Neill. Both of those guys nice. are from the D.C. Well, Brian O'Neill is from Delaware, and it's right near D.C. And uh, Christian Derisaw is from Maryland. And he grew up not far from FedEx Field. Awesome. So. It'll be a similar homecoming for those guys. They have to protect Kirk, so I'm sure they'll love to um, keep Kirk clean uh, back in their hometown. So it'll it'll be fun.
0: I love that. It sounds like a chant: "Keep Kirk clean."
2: Yeah. Keep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no comment. I don't have anything. I don't to say. know. Yeah. Don't sometimes my brain.
0: Say. You know, I think you've heard these Monday podcasts before. They're not exactly the most enlightened. Sometimes we are a little bit behind after Sunday's performance, but um, they're clean. Yeah, they, Yep they are So speaking of clean Or at least so they try to keep the, the program clean The tailgate will return this week With Cy Amundsen He'll have a new comedian They're recording right now Which is why Jay Nelson can't be on our podcast right now So be on the lookout for that on Thursday as well And obviously Gabe Before we ride off into the sunset I know we've got one minute until you have to get going But the Jared Allen Ring of Honor induction ceremony on Sunday I mean everyone talks about the Vikings Being the best in the business and game prez and like that was amazing the horse the moment the just every the mullets
2: we went the vikings went all out in honoring jared allen uh, for the ring of honor and he just i, I have no words like it lived it, up it, to it the was, hype it, that's it, for sure i was literally speechless just watching it like I, I never watched the game in the tunnel and i forgot that he was coming out on a horse so like i was just <laughs> watching i was like man this is a, a this tunnel. is an experience and then i see a horse coming i'm like oh my gosh this oh, yeah. is really happening so uh, phenomenal! Um, happy for him and um, best of luck. Hopefully he gets in the Hall of Fame. Yeah,
0: you know I I've obviously watched him growing up, but he I loved hearing how many people talked about just what a great person he was, yeah. and hearing all the stories and all the respect he gets from everyone within the organization and that were on the team. So congratulations to him! Way to go, Vikings! On you know showing everyone and giving the proper respect to such a great guy who will also be wearing a gold jacket very soon. So, anyway, that'll be it today for the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Be sure to tune in on Friday for our second edition that'll be previewing the big game on Sunday at FedEx Field in Washington against the Commanders. Hey Vikings fans, number 96 Brian Robinson is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to US Bank Stadium. Visit Mac Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game-time snack.